Hello, hello, welcome again to another episode of the Green Beige Podcast. This is round number five, I think. I'm Ken, I'm the beige, that is AJ, he's the greens, green, green beige, number five. And we are off and running. So, this week, we had no games to talk about, but everybody knows that we have a big game coming up. Next weekend is the Super Bowl. However, it would it would be unbeknownst of us to start there. We don't have to start talking about the Super Bowl right off the bat. I believe we can get back to that conversation because you know it's going to come and everybody's been talking about the Super Bowl all week long. However, the one thing that I did want to bring up, I wanted to highlight was that this this offseason is shaping up to be one of the most interesting offseasons in recent history. We have many teams who are going to be looking for one reason or another. They're going to be looking for a new quarterback. And last week, we started our conversation about quarterbacks. We spent most of the time we talked about Deshaun Watson. But little did we know that the quarterback who was going to be on the move, I mean, like, pretty much just after, we, yeah, just after we finished talking about it, it was going to be Matthew Stafford being traded to the Rams. I didn't see that coming. Is it? Did you see that coming? I did not see that one coming. I did not. As as much as we were hearing rumblings from the Rams camp about Jared Goff, I did not see that coming, honestly. I mean, this is real for me. This is really, really surprising. No, I think this is just about as much a referendum on golf as it is for the Rams. And you can remember, AJ. We we've spoken about this and we've hinted at it quite a few times on this part as well. Mm-hmm. I had very little love for the Rams and especially for Jared Goff. Especially when the T for me since. But anyhow, we're not getting back into that conversation. Better so, not. <laughs> <laughs> so we had so I I remember that the whole conversation and the whole topic was just how good is golf? Because golf was the number one overall pick for the Rams when they had Jeff Fisher, Mr. Uh, seven and nine. Or oh, sorry, eight and eight. They said that Jeff Fisher is eight and eight for his career he is a career in it coach so i remember he was horrible yeah. under fisher and everybody thought that that golf was a bust and then in comes sean McVeigh, who apparently had the midas touch and golf looked like gold at that point he was one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league he, I think he got to the Pro Bowl. He he was excellent. Like a two-time Pro, Bowl, Pro Bowler or something like that, yeah. Since, yeah. Exactly. However, I heard it said, and then I started watching it for myself. And I recognize that golf, golf is good when you give him ideal circumstances. When, when everything around him is working perfectly, Golf can kill you. And one of the things that the Rams did a lot of was that they used to use the same personnel set to do most of their stuff. It used to be three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end. And then it would be all kinds of motions, sweeps, you name it, a lot of window dressing. 
some really great play action because at that time, in that first season, they still had Gurley in the backfield. And Goff was killing it. But really and truly, was he killing it? Because later on in the season, in that same season, the conversation or the comments were being made that Goff was the body, but Sean McVeigh was the brain. And McVeigh was talking to Goff up until the cutting mic off, 15 seconds left on the play clock. Letting know Goff, letting Goff know, sorry, what was happening, who was doing what, and what he should do. And then when they, so then defenses started shifting after that 15 seconds, and Goff was lost. I never thought that Goff was that great a quarterback. He's not shown it yet in his career. And while we may be giving a lot of credit to McVeigh, I don't think that Goff has done enough to get more credit from me. What do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've always kind of, I wouldn't say been an apologist, but I've always found it a bit hard just to say that, like, to sort of categorize him as not good. I don't think it's that he's not good. I think golf is limited, right? I think that, like you said, and I agree, with ideal circumstances, um, he can be, I, I guess he could be at least productive, I guess, for the most part. But then, they, especially when you're going, when your target is a Super Bowl, there comes a time when you need a... a, a um, a quarterback to be a bit more than that, right? And I think that McVeigh just ended up realizing that Goff does not have that. I mean, he would play well enough in the season to to um, be selected for the Pro Bowl and whatnot. Had that twice. Um, he even and and even when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, they weren't one of the top ranked defenses in the league. So, I mean, I guess you could say like he did his fair share, but he just has a, a ceiling that is lower than the team needs right now. Uh, it's just, it's just, he, he just can't, he just can't get it done. He just can't get that level done. And I can't blame them for moving on, but I, it's, I, I, I don't want to say the man is bad. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's bad. I, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever said he's bad. I, I still, I'm going to continue along that. I'm not going to say he's bad. He's limited. And, and me being a Tom Brady fan too, I can't necessarily, you know, so it, it, in terms of the, the like the, I guess some of the physical, um, the athletic, he, he's not very athletic. He, but like you said, he, he also didn't possess much of the 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 quarterback IQ, if you will. Um, the fact that he had to be coached throughout the entire players, like you said, I, I think he's limited. And Rams had to do what they had to do. But the thing is, right? Goff, all right, so on the back of that Super Bowl run, I mean, of course, as I mentioned before, they did get a fairly good hand from the refs. But anyhow, on that Super Bowl run, on the back of that season, Goff signed a four-year, $134 million extension, which is an average salary of $33.5 million and total guarantees of $110 million. You do not pay a man that is limited. You do not pay 
anybody that's less than a superstar, in my opinion, that kind of money. Because when you are giving your quarterback that amount of money, the biggest thing about the NFL is that the NFL is a salary cap lead. It is a hard cap. It's not like the NBA where you have a cap and then if you go above the cap, then there's a luxury tax that you pay for going above the cap. The NFL's cap is set. So if one man is pocketing $33 million, that reduces the amount of money that you have to spend on the rest of the roster. Mm -hmm. And when you look at Jared Goff, Jared Goff, you talk about my boy Drew Brees is not that guy. Goff is not, Goff is not even what yeah. Brees is this season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wasn't, I would never put them in the same class. I would give it up. I would never put them in the same class. Exactly. Never... So <laughs> when you're paying Jared Goff 33 and a half minutes, no. To be fair, just so the whole thing in the NBA, every player, every especially the superstar players, they always sign that first extension. In the NFL, you know, having that guaranteed money is important because you're literally one player away from retirement in most cases. So I don't blame Goff for signing the contract, but somewhere along the line, your talent evaluators have to come and tell you, hey, look, really and truly, right? This guy, yeah, we could we could probably win with him, but he ain't it. He he not it. He not ready. I I feel like some of the thinking at that time may have been that the last thing you just said that they felt like possibly they still could win with him. Because bear in mind, remember they moved up in a draft to get Jared Goff, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like if I remember, I'm pretty sure I heard it was like six picks they gave away to move up to that number one spot to get Goff. And so I'm guessing, yeah, so they had him rated highly enough that they moved up to take him with that pick. Then he's a pro bowler two years. One of the, in the second year, they go to the Super Bowl. And I guess at that time, I, I, and it was, I, I, I think that contract too had a lot to do with the market at the time. It wasn't just him in isolation, but I mean, you, you know how, how, you know how this thing is work, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it had a lot to do with the quarterback market at the time. And it just, it, it just seemed like, and mind you, I'm not trying to justify the decision itself. I'm just saying I, I feel like I understand what the rationale was at that point. And I, 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 that, I guess it was just yeah, based on the market. It, it seemed like he was um, trending upwards. And it's like, all right, we understand he is what he is. He, he, but he's still clearly good enough to get us to this stage. So we just need to, to um, work on a few other aspects of the team. But we need to lock down this quarterback. Lock him down, work on other aspects of the team, and we should be fine. And it just didn't pan out that way. I, like I said, I, I, I'm not going to say it was the best decision, but I, on some level, I get it. And then it is what it is. No, I just had to, to cut ties and move on. No, the and thing I, is... I, earlier, I, had to, like, I had to convince people to take his contract now, but they found a way to do it. Yeah, and that, that, that's exactly it. Because for every trade, you, have, you always have to find somebody who's willing to trade with you. And... Detroit, for all intents and purposes, they they were again. But you can't call them a mark because Detroit trades Stafford to the Rams, and in return they get Goff, who we've spoken about at length. They get 
next season's first round pick and the season after that. So it's 2022, 2023 first round pick. And this year, 2021's third round pick. So let's look at it now from the Detroit standpoint. I personally believe that Detroit won this trade, even though this trade is set up a lot like an NBA trade where you, you do what you have to do to get out from under a bad contract. Where when we hear certain deals have been made and we consider that that contract may be untradeable, like John Wall, for example, you just need the perfect circumstances of somebody else who's just as desperate as you are to move Russell Westbrook. And you say, okay, cool. Maybe we can work something out here. And what Detroit gets, they get Stafford, sorry, out of there. They get Goff in there and all of these picks. But we know that the home momentum or the idea behind moving first-round picks, especially if you're the Rams, is that if we can make our team good enough, chances are these first-round picks will not be, like, picking in the top 10 or even in the top 15. You're going to be picking in, like, the bottom five. So how much value then? Like, how do you value and weigh these picks for Detroit you now getting golf plus the picks? Uh, like you said, I, on, on paper, it seems like Detroit won, right? But I have no faith in Detroit as an organization to do anything with any of these picks. Like, like you said, like, I, I feel like the Rams will probably be good enough. So, yes, it, it may be a, a lower um, pick in, in terms of the order, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like Detroit going to do anything with it. Let, let's be honest. What has Detroit done? What has Detroit ever really done in, in our time watching this sport? What has Detroit really done to convince you that, that they have a, 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 some sort of plan? That Stafford, Stafford had all the leverage in this, right? So he had to get out. They, they, they apparently, well, they got in contact. They knew that, that the Rams were serious about dealing golf. So, all right, they took golf. That's cool. But now we have a head coach and... and I know, I know you can't disagree with me here. I, you cannot tell me that you're impressed by by that first interview that Dan Campbell had, the kneecap biter. <laughs> so, so he talking about biting kneecaps, and Jared Goff is not that type of player. So, so I'm, I'm look, looking at it from a realistic point of view, right? You get Goff. I don't. I I I am I'm so intrigued to see how this tandem of head coach and and quarterback is going to work. And then, like you said, I feel like the Rams are going to be good enough. So these picks are going to be, like, lower down in the order. And I, I still have no faith in the Lions to do anything with the picks. So on paper, it looks like, yes, they they still got a good deal considering that Stafford had the leverage and he wanted out. But the Lions are going to piss it away, as they always do. But the funny thing for me, too, is that, well, like, I saw a stat where it said that Detroit has won one playoff game. Not not gotten to the Super Bowl. They've won one playoff game in 60 years. And as you talk about the kneecap biter, right? Like when I saw when I saw that interview and I heard what he said, because you know that he was hired off of the Saints um coaching staff. Yeah, he was a tight end coach. He was my tight end coach. Yeah. He he like, all right, we can come back to that <laughs> in a second. But when I heard what he said in that interview, I was like, 
you know, I am not sorry that he's gone because we can be biting kneecaps and then we can be like, like what? That's the, that's the best thing you could uh, think to say in, in your first interview. And you know, he had to practice that though. He he could have just committed and just bring that off the rip. He, well, I would hope not. But if you practice but practicing it, it's it just as bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, it, is. it is. So, so yeah, so enough about Detroit. So now we got Stafford over in Los Angeles. And I am actually excited to see what Stafford is going to do in this midfield offense because. I believe that Stafford is an above-average quarterback. He may not be in the elite status, and his record will go against him in that regard. However, I am not one that believes that team wins are a quarterback um, stat necessarily because you have a lot of teams that have had success and the quarterbacks have stunk. And you've had a lot of teams, like the Saints between... 2010 and 2016, I think, coming shortly after the Super Bowl when we got hemmed up in the um, Bounty Gate scandal, you saw that the team, the team was not very good, but Drew Brees was passing for 5,000 yards. So the team was going seven and nine for a few seasons, but he himself was still outperforming what the team was capable of. And I think that we have seen a lot of that with Stafford in Detroit. Los Angeles has a much better offensive line. He's going to be much better protected, so he should not be getting hurt like he has done over the last couple seasons. They still have Cooper Cup, at wide receiver. They still have uh, Robert Woods, at wide receiver. They had the rookie, I can't remember his name now, who... Came on very good, come on on to the end of the season. And they have Cam Akers in the backfield. Yes, Jefferson. And they have Cam Akers in the backfield. So he has weapons. He has Tyler Higby at tight end. He has, he has weapons. I am confident that we are going to see the best of Stafford in this Los Angeles Rams outfit, even though I still don't care much for the Rams. No, I, I, yeah, I... And like I, I don't know if you saw that statement. Um, it was in one of the groups last night, and someone was saying that the pressure is on McVino, and I was like, no, nah, I completely disagree. The pressure is actually on Matthew Stafford. The pressure is on Stafford because he's in the position now where he doesn't really have an excuse not to perform. You you wanted out of a bad situation, and there there you have it. You you you're now set in one of the most ideal landing spots for a quarterback. Like you don't have much to do, and on and on paper from. From the Rams' perspective, they, I don't think there's anyone in the league who, looking at the, the quarterback talent in isolation, is going to say, well, this is a trade-down. It's, it's obviously a trade-up at the quarterback level, right? So it, it's up to Stafford now to perform. Because um, otherwise, I don't think anyone would say that the Rams are at fault for what they did. It, Stafford just needs to come out and do what he has. Like you said, he has weapons. He has enough weapons to... to to be solid at, at someone, I can't remember who it was in, in the media, but they said they expect Stafford to be in the MVP running at the end of next, uh, by the end of next regular season. I can see it. I, 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 for some reason I could too. For some reason I could. You, you know, I hold, I hold Stafford in high regard too, because for a while I was, I was saying I would love him at us, but <laughs> the, man, the man say he would go anywhere but New England. That really hurt me, you know? 
that hurt. I, I understand it. it I, I understand it completely, but it hurt to hear. Just, just mm-hmm. the fact that this is where we are now, right? And I honestly, that side note, I feel we're going to end up with Jimmy G. I feel we're going to end back up with Jimmy G. But that's another discussion. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think Stafford is is more than solid enough to to be able to take this team where they expect him to go. And that's another reason why I feel like Deshaun is going to end up in San Francisco. But that we'll get into that too as well. Okay, I mean that that's the perfect segue, no? Because I I looked at it and I said that we have like we have an opportunity now for unprecedented quarterback movement in the NFL. We have Shetty reported was like eighteen teams who would possibly who would possibly be moving on and trying to get new quarterback. Eighteen. All right. So now that you mentioned eighteen, I haven't seen that report, but what I have is a list of the teams in the NFL. So. <laughs> Let's go through and see who we think is comfortable with their quarterback or is in the market for moving on. So let's start with the AFC North. Baltimore, comfortable or moving on? No, they're good. Set. Cleveland. Same. They're moving on now, especially with the year Baker just had. I think they'll keep faith in him. He's good. I am not so convinced. Yes, I am not so convinced. And the reason why I'm not so convinced is that because if, all right, we know we can contrast it with the team that we just called, Baltimore. Baltimore has rebuilt their entire offensive system around Lamar. And they will go as far as Lamar can take them. However, I do not necessarily see the same in Cleveland, at least not yet. Stefanski has had a great first season. But we've seen a lot of these head coaches have great first years and then sophomore slumps when people have had a little more time, they've had a little more tape, and they can work out what you're trying to do. Because, wait, wait, so, so you're saying, but I, so I'm talking about just for this season. So you still, so you feel that all that being said and all that we've seen, you still feel that they, they would potentially move on from Baker for just for this, for this season? If better is available, because in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, Cleveland was one of the names that was also being mentioned as having, you know, made a call and tried to kick the tires. If better is available, Baker will be elsewhere. That is how I see it. And that is how he has not, I have said this multiple times, he has not shown me enough to convince me that he is the guy. He he has had... I just had his best season, Ken. You it so was more hard to have his best season. That's no, that's not... The shoot, the shootout that he had, it was with the Ravens. It was with the Ravens, actually. It was with the Ravens when, when yeah, when Lamar, yeah, had to leave and come back and then threw the winning touchdown to Hollywood Brown and whatnot, right? The shootout that the man had, it was arguably the best game he's ever played in the NFL. It the man was hard. the man was willing his team. The man was willing his team to win. The man was willing his team to win. It is and, not and hard for Baker to have a career year got them, or to have got a top them, game. Got them into the playoffs, beat the Steelers, who are essentially the, the, the big brothers of the division, whooped the Steelers. And he was and, and he was he was good enough in that game. I'm not saying it wasn't that wasn't his best game like the Ravens game, but he was very good in that game. Uh, they came close enough. 
to Kansas City to pose a threat. They came close enough. If if Whoa. people like Rashad Higgins had a little more sense, maybe maybe they could have they could have even uh, um um upset with 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 um Mahomes and and ending up being injured and whatnot. You are you you're really one, harsh on Baker, though. You're one really harsh swallow, on Baker. One swallow does not make a summer. Okay. He has not shown me enough. I have, you know, I have come out and I have given Baker the credit when the credit was due. When I saw him do great things, when I saw him quarterback his team and lead them into fantastic positions, I came out and I said so. But Baker is still, Baker, Baker is still prone to give you the three interception, one touchdown game. He you're is not still taking into up. consideration the man threw one pick in the second half of the season, Ken. He threw one pick in the second half of the season. Also, also, I feel like you're not taking into consideration the fact that the man had three different coaches, two of whom are now not even in the league, and those are the ones he struggled under. You're yeah, not taking said, that into consideration. I am taking it into consideration. Ah, you're unjust. I, you're I unjust. Said, I you're said unjust. that Stefanski. Has done a no, very boy. good job in his first season. Wow. I said that. Wow, this guy. This I guy. Have not, I have not seen enough from Baker Mayfield as yet. That is reality. Until he has shown me more. Until he shows me that he's not prone to panic as soon as he gets a little pressure in the pocket, then I will give him more credit. But he's definitely been doing better with this. That he this has year, he has done better. He has he has improved a lot this season. However, the bar was set kind of low because he was not that good in his first season. Yes, he has thrown for the most touchdowns by a rookie quarterback in league history. He also had a whole boatload of interceptions. So, and he did not play well in a lot of those games. He had a lot of empty calories, garbage yards, and touchdowns at the end of games. He Baker was not great in his first season. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing he, that he was. I agree, he wasn't. Right. And but he, he improved in the second. And he has improved this season. But and, and you gotta show had, me. He had to be under two coaches who don't know their head from the tail and can't and can't get yeah. a job in in the league today. He has to show me it over a 16-game sample. Do not tell me about one interception in eight games, especially when your supposed best offensive weapon tore his ACL running down the man after you threw an interception. And, and he played so much better without OBJ. He played so much better without OBJ. To show that he doesn't need, he doesn't need OBJ. He doesn't need okay. OBJ. All right, look, I mean, there's much more that we could unpack on this Cleveland thing, but let me let me continue our walk. Cincinnati. That's Joe Burrow. It, it, I mean, yeah, Joe won't come back from injury and he's the number he's the number one there. He's solidified that. All right. I no argument there. Once he comes back from injury, he's gonna be good. Steelers. What do you think? About the Steelers need a quarterback. I I've I've I I, I was it on? I don't know if it was on here. I've been, I've been on record saying I I feel like Big Ben needs to consider retirement. I don't care what anyone thinks. I feel like Big Ben needs to consider heading to Happy Valley. Just sit down. Just sit down. You're not you're not it anymore. I understand that he's he's altered his game as he has gotten a bit older, which is understandable. But there's still still just the 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 mental lapses that Ben was having the 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 inability to to get the ball in the tight. And and again, 
in that same game against the Browns, man had like 500 and like you said, empty calories. A, bu- a bunch of useless yards after the fact when, when he had to be throwing the ball because they, they needed to come back and and Cleveland and was just going to run the ball. Yeah, because well, yeah, they can't. Um, I've heard the argument that they just need to, to improve the running game and it should be good. I don't buy it. They need a QB. I agree. I mean, they do need to improve the running game. But what also helps your running game is if your quarterback can throw the ball a little further than seven yards down the field. I would know. So if you can't throw the ball down the field, and if your receivers are not showing that they have the capability to catch the ball when the ball is there to be caught, then your running game then, is always going to And then there's that too, to be fair. Yeah, there's that too, to be fair. All right, so that's the north. Let's go south now. AFC South. So, you know, Houston right now is a dumpster fire. We don't have to talk about them. We know Deshaun wants out. So, they don't have a quarterback. That's the that's bottom line. They don't have a quarterback. So, Indianapolis. Right now, they are in a bit of flux because they were give, they had given... Uh, what's his name? Philip Rivers. I think they had given him a two-year deal when he had left... Um, Previous San Diego and then became the LA Chargers. And he's retired now. So they don't, well, they have Jacoby Brissett, but clearly you didn't believe in Jacoby Brissett if you brought in Philip Rivers and paid him all that money. So, yeah, they need a quarterback. Jacksonville, Gartner Minshew, Minshew Mania. Well, I mean, depending on who you who you talk to, they may decide not to pick Trevor Lawrence and not for his pick, which to me would be a humongous mistake. The only the only way that's going to the only way that's not going to happen to me is if they somehow magically convince Houston to deal them Deshaun Watson in the same division. I don't know how the heck that's going to happen. It, it is the most unlikely scenario, but that's the only way, unless they like offer that first pick for Houston to then take um, Trevor Lawrence is, is, is like the most the most uncanny or the most the strangest situation you can think about. That would be really interesting though. But other than that, I I, I would say they have a QB in Trevor Lawrence. But all right, so you raise a really interesting point though. Outside of the fact is in an uh, interdivisional trade. The price that was being rumored for Deshaun Watson is two firsts, two seconds, and two young defensive stars. Or young defensive players that they can mold into stars. I think that Jacksonville, remember we just talked about the Rams trading the picks to Detroit. And if the Rams are what they're supposed to be, then those picks are going to be like 30, 31, 32, no higher than 25, you would think. But Jacksonville, regardless of, this is my belief, right? Regardless of whoever Jacksonville drafts, they're drafting in the top 10 next season. So, so look at this now. You trade Deshaun Watson to Jacksonville, you get the first overall pick this season, a top 10 pick next season, Wherever you drop those extra, those second round picks, it doesn't even matter because they can still be pretty high in the second round as well. If Jacksonville, they will have to do a lot of like heavy, heavy bargaining. But 
I think that Jacksonville, if they wanted to, they could pull it off. But we know, as you said, that if I would them, I would at least I would make a phone call. If I yeah, them, I would make a phone call. Can't hurt. <laughs> at least try it. Let, let 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 Houston tell me no, but I would make a phone call. Though. I mean, it's a sh- for them. It'd be a shame that Bill O'Brien's already been fired because this is the sort of foolishness that he's accustomed to. Doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, all right, and then last in itself is Tennessee, the Titans. They just give a whole heap of money to Ryan Tannehill. I don't see them really looking into the quarterback market this offseason. Yeah, I. I, I'm kind of on offensive about this. I'm kind of on offensive. I I feel like they would. I I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be the, be surprised whichever way they went. To be honest, like if if Tannehill were to be the starter next year, that would not surprise me. But at the same time, if they, because uh, like you said, better options are available. So if they were to attempt some sort of coup, maybe even uh, again, if is if is Deshaun or someone else. Like it wouldn't completely surprise me, but I, based on what Tannehill has done so far, I guess I could I could understand they stick with him again. You remember, remember me? I we I, we we spoke ad nauseum about about Tannehill off air, right? And I, yep. I, yeah, and I, I feel like like the who was they lost him? Who be the Titans? What am I, I Baltimore. It was, it was Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. On that and on that final play, where again I was like, I can't imagine why Ryan Tannehill was not looking at AJ Brown on that play. Is again, all right. That's 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 your guy. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, I could I could raise an interesting point here about how you are more convinced about Baker than you are about Tannehill, but we don't need to get into that. Because I, I feel like I feel like Tannehill was part of the reason, a small part, but he was a part of the reason they lost that game. I don't feel like Baker was a reason that the the Browns didn't, or the Browns were eliminated. Yeah, but at the same time, Tannehill won the AFC South. He quarterbacked the team that won his division, which is with, what you call with one of the best rush, rushing years in history. It does not, but but all that does is that yeah. it makes his job easier. Yeah, but, exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm not but, saying. I mean, I'm, I'm, and don't get me wrong. Baker had arguably like the best tandem as well. Yeah. So, I mean, really and truly, we don't need to get into this whole Baker versus Tyne Hill thing. We could save that for another episode. So that yeah, that's completes, a game breaker. Pocket that yeah. for now. Yeah, you yeah, can pocket that one. So <laughs> now we move on from the south and we go to the east. Oh, your land. So. Let me start with the team that we know for sure don't need a quarterback. Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, Buffalo not kicking no tires. No they good. They good, yeah. Miami. Uh, well, the fact that it is being reported that Tua doesn't seem to have many fans. Uh, not Let me not say many fans, but there are some concerns about his ability Um and potential going forward. I, and and obviously, you know, his uh, Miami's name, Miami's one of the teams that was being thrown around with regards to, like, a landing spot for Deshaun. So, I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did have a new quarterback come next season. No, the interesting... As leverage. The interesting thing for me, right, is that I heard it said before that if you have two quarterbacks, 
You don't have a quarterback. But somehow, Miami was making it work with two quarterbacks. They were using Tua, like the startup when they put him in there. And then you had um, Fitzpatrick coming in, like the relief pitcher. So it's interesting. I, I honestly don't have a clue what they're really doing because when Miami was losing lots of games last season, they were tanking for Tua. Then they started winning games and they still got Tua. I know they seem not to really want Tua, but who knows? I, mean, I have no idea what they're doing. I'll just wait and see. New York Jets. Uh, I, from from my own personal and I guess analysis, I feel like the Jets are one of the one of the better landing spots for Deshaun as well. And and I would say that they need a quarterback because Deshaun is available. Like you you should be going for Deshaun because of what you the project that you can offer, what you have available, the market that you're in. I, I don't see I don't see the issue with moving on from Sam. There's no disrespect to Sam Donnell. I think he had in recent in the last two years he's been gassed. But at the same time, I feel like this. Like you said, when better is available, you, you go for better. Except in Baker's case, but you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you go. You go for you go for Deshaun if 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 you can. Yeah, try to make something happen there. So I would say that they because Deshaun is available, they need a QB. Yes. Well, I, I also agree that they most likely will have a different quarterback in their next season because Sam Darnold, to me, I think just like how Deshaun is trying his best to get out of Houston, if it was Darnold, I'd be doing the same thing because New York has not given him anything. They, they haven't given him skill position players to go around him. They have not given him an offensive line that really gives him an opportunity to um, succeed. They didn't give him mono, but he, he had that. So, I mean, yeah, if I was if I was him, I would probably look to get out because at this point, there's nothing to suggest that New York as an organization knows what they're doing and that they are going to be able to create that winner around him. So, yeah, if I... New York is going to be looking for a quarterback this season, this offseason. And then your Patriots. We need a quarterback. You know that. You know, I've, I've been saying so. We need a quarterback. I was I was never sold on the on the cam bit. I wanted him to succeed once we signed him. But and and here we are at the end of the season. And even with all the external factors like the the no um preseason OTAs, you know, no, no real sessions to to get in sync with his receivers and whatnot. I really care about all of that. There's just a lot of things I saw that make me not convinced. And I feel like this year was just supposed to be a, a, a short-term relationship that was supposed to be ideally, I guess, beneficial to a certain extent for both parties. And it hasn't been for either. We need a quarterback. We desperately need a quarterback. And at this point, even like I was even throwing around, I, I was I was giving you names and saying that, you know, I wouldn't mind this person here. But what leverage do we have to, to, to trade for a quarterback. That that that's that is I, I really don't know what unless it's like giving away Stefan Gilmore. I really don't know what we can do to, to to trade for one of these guys. 
I, I'm I, I'm lost, but we do need one. I, I'd like to see how they go about doing it because Bill the GM has been letting me down for years, and I've let you guys know that in the group. He has been letting me down for quite some time. The GM that is. So I I, I need to see how we approach this, but we desperately need a quarterback. Because uh, Jared, Jared Stidham clearly is the answer. Brian Hoyer is not even the question. So <laughs> well, I I I'm gonna leave it there. I think you you summed it up quite nicely, so I don't have to I don't have to say anything about the, the Patriots at least on this on this particular episode. So <laughs> next is the AFC West. So let's let's just get Kansas City out of there. They got a man that they're paying five hundred million dollars, so he that's not even a conversation. The Chargers. This is an interesting one because you know they just promoted Justin Herbert. And do you think that Herbert is the guy next season with this new head coach? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I really do. I didn't I I I can't tell you that I would have forecasted this. I always like to give the, the young QBs a chance. So I, I I don't like to call them, you know, like not good or garbage before I actually see them attempt to do something. I'm not so I'm not but I'm not gonna tell you I predicted that yeah that Justin Herbert was going to be this. But he's exceeded even my expectations. And he is the guy. I don't even think at this point anyone remembers about Terrell Taylor getting his and his lung um, almost completely punctured. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I don't mean to laugh at that. That's not funny. But, but it's just the, the situation. The situation. I'm glad he's okay though. But he gonna be looking for a team elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, we know that for sure. All right. So the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. So. Right now, they got two quarterbacks, and I'm not sure if John Gruden thinks he has one. That's where the, the interesting part is. In, in their position, what do you do? Like, do you attempt to, to enter the Deshaun sweepstakes as well? Nah, because the Deshaun sweepstakes, especially for where the Raiders will be picking, is going to be too expensive. For me, I would... Derek Carr, to me, he's another one that's mostly going to be on the move because for the entire time that Chucky has been there, we have not had any sort of positive feelings coming out about from the head coach about huh. his quarterback. So I'm pretty sure that he's, if not at the beginning of the season, somewhere along the line of the season, he's either going to be out completely or he's going to be on the bench. Yeah, I, I, some a, a small part of me feels that this could be the resurrection of Mar Marcus Mariota. I, I, yeah. I see that too because the when he came in in relief of Carr in week sixteen, he looked good. He did. Yeah, he did. He was playing with some purpose. Like he knew, yeah, this is, you know, that Eminem, that um one shot, one opportunity, had to seize it. Yeah. So I, I, I won't be surprised if, if he gets to start next season. Like you said, yeah, I, I don't know if necessarily I see them entering the Deshaun sweepstakes, but um, yeah, it could be it could be Mariota's uh, attempted comeback. You know, make it sound as if the guy's that old, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I get you. I'm with you. All right, so we completed the AFC. So let's, let's run through the NFC. So we spoke a lot about Detroit. So, you know, we, we don't have to go back through Detroit again. Um, Minnesota. Kirk Cousins. One on the Minnesota need a quarterback badly. 
Badly. You and I agree. Do you <laughs> think they agree that they need to get a quarterback? I think I, I think by now, I, I feel like by now they know it. I feel like at this point, you know, I I would be I would be really surprised if Kirk Cousins is a starter there next season. How much I, I I don't know what his contract details are at this point. How much more he has left and how many more years and I think he has two more years because this was I can't the, remember when he got his yeah. He when he went there, he this this was his third season there. And when he initially went there, he remember he went on the three year, eighty-four year, eighty-four million dollar contract that was all guaranteed. I just remember the, the eighty-four. I can't remember how many years it was. I remember the eighty-four though. Yeah, but then he had he signed a two year extension heading into the season. I don't remember what the numbers are, but it was still some some heap of money. But yeah, I I don't see I don't see Minnesota having much success with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. And like I I see Kirk Cousins as cake and pastries. Empty calories again. So we we can Cousins we, never has nor will he ever convince me. There you go. I mean you said that he, he threw the worst pass you've ever seen. So yeah, no, <laughs> I don't care what anyone that's the worst. The man is the defensive back is literally running with you, and he couldn't even lob the ball over the man. That was it was not was, it was not even a defensive back. It was a defensive well, what, lineman. It was it a was lineman. lineman. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I thought yeah. So okay. it, it's even not worse. one of these skinny athletic dudes. It's one okay, of correct. The fast, correct. fat dudes that you couldn't outrun and you couldn't throw the ball over. Couldn't lob the ball over the man. Anyhow, go ahead. Yeah, Chicago. What does Chicago do? Because I don't right now. I don't even think Chicago knows what Chicago is doing, personally, because they didn't. They were one team that you literally could have said that they their two quarterbacks added up to zero. No, I I I believe that Trubisky is not very good. However, he's not that bad either, and he was still better than Foles when they benched him. And he showed that he was better than Foles when he came back in. But I do not think that Trubisky has shown enough for any team in the NFL, not just Chicago, but any team in the NFL, that they are going to say, we should go and try to get Trubisky because that is our guide for the future. Yeah, I mean, I agree there. Um, the, the thing about it is I would... Like, like, like I, like I said regarding the Jets, I feel like Chicago. I, I put Chicago in that bracket as well. With the Sean available, you you get into that sweep six, and I feel like um, they were one of the names that was being thrown around as well. Like you said, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think I'm as harsh as Mitch as you are. I'm not convinced that he's very good or he's next level or that you know. But at the same time, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible, but Deshaun is available, so it's it's kind of like a no brainer. Yeah, if 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 that is the case, yeah, yeah, try make a make a push for Deshaun. Deshaun is times better than Mitch. So if you're Chicago and you can't get Deshaun, do you give Mitch another card another year? Do you bring him back? Because he is out. He is a free agent this season. No, his his deal is done. Oh, a, this was his fourth done. year in the well, season. They, they, they didn't take the option, right? Because right, he right. didn't show them enough. Right, right. Um, if they can't get the Sean, maybe if they can't get the Sean, then maybe bring him back. But 
I don't know. I just I I don't I don't see Mitch as long term. And then Green Bay. Question. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is not because I have been. I know you've been seeing it too. That there's been a lot of conversation about how the organization as a whole are considering moving on from Aaron Rodgers. It is not a done deal that he no, no, but that, that's not even the reason why I asked you so. The reason I asked so is because in the event that they do, I would hope to God that that they display enough common sense to, to use the guy that they just moved up to draft. In, instead of drafting a skill position for Aaron Rodgers to play with, the fact that they moved up to draft his successor, I would hope that this is the guy that's replacing them, replacing him, Aaron Rodgers, that is. So I would hope that that they're not there. And even if they were to move on from Aaron Rodgers, that it wouldn't be to go into the market to get someone else. Because it would make, I, 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 you know what? It would have to be Jordan Love. So I, I, don't, I don't think they'll be in the market. I, I'm not convinced that, that they will pull like a, a, a Lions or a Texans move and have a, no idea what they're doing. And after moving up to draft Jordan Love, then not playing him. So I, I, I feel like either way, the, the quarterback who is going to be starting at the Packers next season is already at the Packers. Okay. So, all right. So that's the North. Again, after the North, we go South. So Atlanta, well, no, let's not start Atlanta. Tampa Bay, we know that as long as Brady doesn't retire, he's back next season. Yeah. We, we don't have to spend much time on that. We know that New Orleans right now has to be looking for a successor because we don't know for sure what Breeze is doing. The tea leaves are saying that he's not coming back. Until he says he's not coming back, he's still my quarterback. So we can just move on from them as well. The two teams that have some interest will be Atlanta because I've been hearing and seeing things that are saying that the whole dynamic of the Falcons is that they're considering cleaning house, which means they're getting rid of Matt Ryan, they're getting rid of Julio Jones, they're getting rid of everybody and starting over. So I personally see that Atlanta could be in the market for new quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I, I, to be honest, I think it is time to blow out that project. Get Julio out of Dodge, specifically. I mean, Julio had injuries himself, so he can't necessarily blame it on the franchise only. But he's still too much of a talent to, to continue to be wasted. So get him out. That'll, that'll be Calvin Ridley's team going forward. And I think that's okay. But it, with regards to the, the QB, yeah, I, I think it's time... For that marriage to end and for them to move on, I, I think they should be and they would be in the market for a QB. Okay. And then finally, we have Carolina, where Teddy Bridgewater was the start of this season. He got a three-year deal when he left my backup slot to go to Carolina. What do you think? I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what to think about Carolina at this point. I don't... <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how to analyze this I, um, because I, I think, again, they were one of the names I saw that could potentially be uh, uh, interested in Deshaun. But I don't know if, uh, what would they be able to give up to get him? I, 
I was say, I'm saying so to say that if they are interested in Deshaun, I could completely understand that. He's better than, than Teddy Bridgewater by far. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know if I would be completely surprised if Teddy was to be back next year. Sam, it's a little hard to, to really pick up the pulse of what's happening in Carolina because they do have a pretty high draft pick in the draft this season. But, I mean, I guess we could talk about the QBs in the draft another time. You know much more about them than I do, honestly. So, <laughs> um, is like I said, Bridgewater got a three-year deal. And if they can't get anybody else, if they can't get anybody better, then he's going to be the starter. But right now it's a little hard to, to really get a feel for what, what they're going to do. All right, so the East, no. Well... The East, to me, is full of question marks. The NFC East, NFC least, is, a, is the division of question marks. So, pick one. Pick anyone. We got Dallas, the Giants. Division I don't want to get into. Washington football teams and Philadelphia. Let's start with Philadelphia. Because Philadelphia is the one that, had a, that was supposed to have had a quarterback at the beginning of the season. And somewhere along the year, we recognize, oh, wait a second, they don't. And then they decided that they were going to pull Carson Wentz and they were going to stick in Jalen Hurts. And yeah, Hurts beat my Saints, which helped to put us in the number two slot. But I don't see Hurts as the long-term answer at the position. He's not shown me enough at this point, to be fair. I, I'm not calling him a bust or that he's bad or whatever. He just has not shown me enough as yet. But the feeling on the street is that Carson Wentz is done in Philly. So to me, they don't really have their quarterback situation sorted out for next season. Yeah, at this point, I, I agree with you there. I don't feel like they do. And <laughs> I don't know if you saw this interview as well, Sirianni's first interview, where he was, <laughs> you don't need to see it. Essentially, all you need to, to know is like, uh, he... He just, again, was not convincing. I mean, he wasn't talking about um, biting off body parts and what have you. But at the same time, he didn't sound like he had a very good command of of the role that he was uh, about to take on. And within that, there was a section, obviously, no, if you're going to be the head coach of the Eagles, you have to know that the one question you're going to be asked is about the quarterback situation. He had absolutely no answer. said he hadn't even thought about it. I, that just kind of sums up the Eagles for me. I, I don't know what else to say from there. I, 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 I don't think that they have this situation like you. I don't think they have the situation sorted out as yet. I, I just have to wait to see. All right. So then the Giants, who they're trying to tell us that they have their quarterback, but, I mean, who is Daniel Jones fooling? Like, Danny Dimes looked like pennies majority of the season. And then he got injured to, like, Seriously, no. But I think the Giants would would keep Danny. I I really feel like they would. They're satisfied where they are, okay. especially given especially given the uncertainty um, surrounding them in the division. I feel like they they would make do with Danny right now. Okay, so then Washington Football Team need a quarterback. Yep, definitely. Like they have they have no in-house answers and all the questions in the world. 
And then Dallas, who, for all intents and purposes, I guess for every other franchise in the league, you would think that they have a quarterback, but apparently they're not that convinced because the franchise t- tagged them twice, I think, so far. They weren't willing to to try and work work with him. Um, I feel like the, I feel like he should be back. You know? They should work that out. They should work that out. I feel they should. I'm not so confident that they will. That they will, hmm. because yeah. the 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 issue wasn't even the money necessarily with that Prescott and his contract. It was the time. Prescott wanted a four year deal, and they were pushing four, for yeah, yeah. So, at this point, like. This is an expensive game of chicken for both of them. But the the word is that Prescott is expected to make a full recovery. So with him making a full recovery, you can expect that he's going to be out there throwing the ball all over the place like he was doing this season when he was one of the top quarterbacks in the league for the first three weeks. Or sorry, the first four weeks before he broke his ankle. So for me, if I if I am Dallas, you got to find a way to get this done. But it's Dallas. We 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 can never figure out what Dallas got going on. See what happens in Jerry Country. Yeah, it's true. And then we can we finish up with the NFC West. I think this is probably the most settled division of all in the entire league because we have now the Rams. They have Stafford. You have Arizona who have Kyler. You have Seattle that have Russ. But then you have San Francisco, who has nobody, because I. Ken Griffith does not, do not, I, all right, confession time. I was initially fooled, like the rest of the world, by Jimmy Garoppolo, who played two games, sat down behind Brady for a long time, and he, apparently he's a real pretty man. He has nice olive skin, he has great chiseled cheekbones and a fantastic hearing, better than mine, and he had the whole world fooled that he was going to be the guy. And then he went to San Francisco and they threw seven passes in the playoff game. Yeah, they were running the ball, but they threw seven passes in the playoff game. He has not convinced me at all. So then we had CJ Beathard who came in in injury relief because that's the other thing about Garoppolo. He is as, he is as sturdy as a wet soda bits biscuit. So we have Bether that came in. Yeah, that's so good. We have Bether that came in and looked okay in relief. And then he he got hurt. We had Nick Mullins again who came in and looked okay in relief and then went out. And what all of these quarterbacks coming in in the same season when the San Francisco 49ers could not stop dropping like flies. But you still were able to get relatively decent production out of the quarterback position. What that tells me is that that's more about the coach and it is about the the system than it is about the quarterback. And from that perspective, it gives me even less confidence in Garoppolo. But that's the guy that apparently y'all trying to get back. So let me hear you. I, I expected, mind you, I, I do um, I do agree with you. I don't feel like Garoppolo has, I'm even going to Stephen A. Porn star Jimmy. I don't feel like he's gotten <laughs> any better. I don't feel like he, <laughs> he refuses to call the man Jimmy G, but I don't feel like he has gotten better since he's left and, and to be San Francisco starter. He, it, it, it feels like he's kind of stalled 
And I don't know how much faith, like you said, making reference to the seventh rose. I don't know how much faith Shanahan really has in him. Um, that being said, I feel like he, he's on the verge of a return to the Patriots just because it seems, it, it just has a very ominous feel to it. It feels like his time is done in San Francisco. It honestly does. And you know we like to take back, we, we take back all our prodigal sons. So I feel like this is going to happen. I honestly feel like this is going to happen. But like, and like I um, alluded to earlier, I feel like this, to me, this is the ideal landing spot for Deshaun. This is, this is it. Because, because of, of the situation that he'd be going into, I still, I still have faith in, in, in Shanahan and, and this offense and in his ability to run his team. I feel like Deshaun is a perfect quarterback to plug into this situation, especially with the move that the Rams just made. The other two teams are set at quarterback. The, the, the Niners themselves are only, it's no, it would be two years out of, of, of uh, making a Super Bowl. So mm -hmm. they're not that, and the roster isn't, the, the roster isn't far off of that either. Have, uh, one of the top tight ends in the game, some young uh, um, up and coming receivers who have, for all intents and purposes, been very good with some average quarterback play. And yeah, and, and the running game is still decent enough. If I were them, I would still look at somebody else to bring in there. I'm just not convinced by that running back room, but they've been solid enough. But this this is it for Deshaun Vermeer. This is it. And I just feel like they would push to make that move because of what has been happening so far. They need to. Jimmy shouldn't be starting next season in that team. To me, the only, the, the only place that would be better for Deshaun than coming to the Saints in terms of offensive referee would be the 49ers or would be on par because like you all right so you say you're not convinced without running back room but they rotate in and out those backs and it, they don't ever miss a beat no, that's and, it, 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 it could just be me personally though i just mm -hmm. feel like they are better out there but to be fair to them they have done well mm -hmm. and then when you look at the the world receivers that they have they have debo samuel they have um ayuk whose first name um I can't Brandon. quit one, right? Brandon Ayuk. And as you mentioned, they have George Kittle at tight end. Like, what more do you want? I mean, the only, like I said, the only other place that I think would be commensurate would be New Orleans because, but San Francisco would have us beating on the tight end, for sure. That's the only thing that they would probably edge us on. Now, we've been here just about an hour and we talk about the whole league and their quarterback situation, but we gotta talk about this game. We it would be remiss of us if we were to end his podcast and we say nothing about the Super Bowl, where your guy, Mr. Brady, is in his tenth game and he's going up against what some people are calling the baby goat and Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, we could talk about the whole entire game for me. I am looking at this game. I think the key to this game is going to be Tampa Bay's offense against Kansas City's defense. And the reason why I say that is because Tampa Bay's defense has not shown that it, it has not come up against an offense as dynamic as the Chiefs all season. When they went up against the Packers, they blew the doors off the Packers based on their defense. However, the 
what I've seen from the Buccaneers the majority of this postseason especially is that if you force them to have to drive the length of the field, oftentimes they are not as successful as when they get short fields. Because when they played against the Saints, this was the point that I, I was saving. And when they played against the Saints, the touchdowns that they scored were all again were all off of turnovers. They were all on short fields. When they played against the Washington football team, it was a similar situation. The first touchdown that they scored against Green Bay was um, drive the length of the field. But after that, all of their touchdowns came on short fields. They did not have to drive 75, 80 yards. If they are not able to get stops or they're not able to get turnovers, and with this Kansas City offense, you're more likely to get a fumble than you already get an interception. If they don't get any of those, it is going to be a very, very long day for Tampa Bay. And I cannot see... I. This is me picking the game now. I cannot see a way for them to win this game because the Chiefs are way too stacked on offense and their defense, while it is not elite, it is good enough, it is strong enough to stymie that running game and force Tom into a shootout that he will not win. <clears throat> Where to begin, well, you know, first of all, you you would have to know that I'm not picking the Chiefs for this game, and you could call it you could call it head versus heart because my head is telling me that the Chiefs have this game locked. But but at the beginning of the season, when Tom made this move, told all y'all, this is this is this is it. This is going to be he going all the way right. And even if you look at how I picked throughout the playoffs. The only two teams who at no point in time that I bet against were the Chiefs and the Bucks. I picked them for every single game that they played and they won. Right? So I in, in essence, I kind of expected the Super Bowl, right? And all of that being said, uh, from the beginning of the season, like I said, it was Tom. It was about Tom and the Bucks. I'm not going against them. And I feel like despite the fact that that he has been like the obviously the the biggest change in their locker room and their uh, just the way the team goes about playing the defense is is really good i think the defense is times better than the chiefs defense they have been good in all three phases um getting pressure on the quarterback and especially since the chiefs are going to be without two of the linemen in is Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher um just saw today that two other players apparently might be out. I know Demarcus Robinson is one. Mm -hmm. I mean, not a huge loss, but still. Um, and then someone else, I can't remember. But I think it's a center. I'm not sure if it's the starting it's the center, center okay. but a okay. center is out. Yeah, I knew it was somebody else in another phase of the offense. But yeah. Um, so I, 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 I still either way feel like it's going to be a shootout, but I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to apply the rationale that I feel like uh, Tampa Bay's defense is going to get enough pressure on Mahomes. I'm not saying not enough to stop him, but to make him uncomfortable. Uh, I don't feel like the Chiefs have enough to, to stop Tampa Bay. And I don't think that they'll make Tom through all day. Um, the running backs are really good in the last couple of games. I feel like they're going to lean on them again. And then, yeah, you see Tom through in here. And it, it, 
here and there, unless, unless they really fall behind me. Hostel, which I don't feel is going to happen. So I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. Same Tampa Bay in a close shootout. But I don't see the game to be that close. Because if they're going to be running... One possession. One possession. The, whoever has the last possession will win. And they're going to be Tampa Bay. <laughs> I don't see it. I, I I honestly don't see it that way because if they're going to be looking to run to to rely on that running game, we have seen Kansas City go up against the Baltimore Ravens this season, and their defense was good enough to halt that running game. Tampa Bay's running game is not as dynamic as like Tennessee, for example. Like Fournette has been better coming into the playoffs. Jones has been worse coming into the playoffs. But based on what we've seen so far... You made the number one, though, so that's fine. But 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 that's it. No, the, you're, you're, you're putting your hope then in them just like what a lot of these other teams try to do with Kansas City is that they're going to have to try to shorten the game. They're going to have to try to pound the ball and keep Mahomes on the sideline while the clock is just ticking away. Because you know that Kansas City Chiefs offense is a big player offense. So, yeah, they might have uh, Shaq Barrett and I don't remember the other linebacker's name right now. Mainly JPP, yeah. Shaq Barrett and JPP. Justin Pierre-Paul. Jason Pierre-Paul. So, you got got JPP coming off the edge. But we have seen the Chiefs offensive line be good enough to at least give Mahomes enough time to make something happen. And yeah, with their starters and with the and with the Pro Bowl and 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 first pick Eric Fisher, that's true. Let's see how they do without him. Let's see okay. how they do without him and Schwartz. But but even before him and Schwartz, so the Tampa Bay defense is mostly going to come out looking to blitz and put pressure on these replacement players because especially with like I like I said, I saw that the, the center was one of the guys who was going to be out, but. I, I do not know the names of their offensive linemen to tell you that he is the starting center. However, COVID, close contact, he and Demarcus Robinson more than likely are going to be out for this game. So it's going to be interesting to see what Tampa Bay tries to do to get pressure on Mahomes. However, you know that Mahomes is able to beat the Blitz. And if you're blitzing, which is why the game front, will be close. Which is why I think the game will be if close. If you're blitzing up front, that means that you're going to either have holes in your zone, or you're going to be trying to play man to man on the back end. And who do you double? You can't double Kelsey because if you double Kelsey, that means you leave Tyree Hill free. You double Tyree Hill, then Kelsey is free. You try to double both of them, then you have Nicole Hardman that can still burn you over the top. And his hands are better than most of the butterfingery guys that we've seen this season, like what happened in Green Bay. So, and at the end of the day, you still you have... So after, he, after he dropped a, 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 a... He muffed one of the, the, the fans last week. He is still better than Lazard. He is still better than uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He is a problem that if you try to take the guys out underneath, then he will kill you over the top. And we have seen Mahomes already take a snap and run backwards like 12 yards and then launch the ball down the field and make a completion like another 40 yards that way. So it is pick your poison. 
you cannot stop the pass altogether. And if you bring, if you can't rush four and get home before, then you're going to have problems trying to hold up at the back back in with six or seven. So you have to pick your times when you're going to try to blitz. You're going to have to do all sorts of creative things to try to scheme up something different to try to confuse Mahomes. But at the end of the day, it is still Patrick Mahomes. It is still Tyree Hill. It is still Miko Harman. Muff Punt all. It is still Travis Kelsey. They're going to have played Edward Sillier, who we should expect will be better this game than he was in the championship game when he was no coming back from injury. They still have Darrell Williams, who started at running back every game. I mean, Le'Veon is not the Le'Veon of Pittsburgh, but they still have Le'Veon Bell. I, they have too much, AJ. They have way too much yeah, for so, me to pick so against people. them. I'm good sorry. I saw it's gonna pay, and, and I I don't I don't blame you for picking them. I don't blame you for picking them. I feel like I feel like if there's any team, I I feel like that we've seen we have seen sort of like this, a few chinks in their armor already, and and those can be exploited. I don't care how how great Patrick Mahomes is, and I think that this Bucks team is one of the most equipped to be able to do that. At the end of the day, it, it I mean, luck is opportunity and preparation. I feel like like why am I saying that so much? I believe that the Bucks will be prepared, especially with who is going to be taking those snaps. This man knows, he knows this situation. He's been here plenty of times. On the other, so on, on the other side of, of Patrick Mahomes, you have somebody coming up who knows how to get it done. The defense has been playing lights out, in my opinion. So, yeah, I expect that the Bucks are going to take this game. I'm going to, uh, I have to ride with it. I have to ride with it. I've been seeing it since week one. But you're saying that that on the butt side of things, they have they have a guy who knows how to get it done. All right. That is fair. Six and nine. On cool. Offense, on offense, yeah. Yeah, cool. No problem. Who else? Is him a Gronk? Those are the only two in that entire organization, unless JPP, you're going to JPP on the defensive side. Don't forget he won, he won, he beat us with the Giants. Okay. So, All right. So, so they have they have a winner on defense as well. They okay. have a winner on defense. So, and so which wasn't shady, it wasn't shady with, with KCC last year. With yeah. Kansas City last year. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You have Shady. Uh, more more Shady. Shady has not put on a uniform in about two I, or three. I'm, weeks. I'm, not, I'm not talking about what he'll do in terms of ability on the field. I'm talking about uh, they have a champion in the dressing room. That's a that's all that's what that's what we we into now, right? That's what we're talking about now, right? All right, right. so Brady, Jason Pierre Paul, LeSean McCoy, Grunk. So they got they got four they got four champions, right? Compared to Kansas City's sorry, they got five because it, we 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 will give Bruce Arians his his ring from him being a coordinator with the with the Steelers in Pittsburgh. So they got they got five. Uh, then on the other side of the ball, we got uh, Eric Bieniemy, who what? we got um, Andy Reid, we got uh, Spagnuolo. It wasn't a comparison. I wasn't saying that. Obviously, they're the reigning champs, so the majority of that, of that organization they they were here just last year. So I wasn't necessarily comparing to say that the Bucks have more. 
I'm just saying, if looking at them in isolation, they're not in a position where everyone is brand new to the stage. That's all. The, the Chiefs are the defending champs. So yes, they have they have that personnel as well. But the Bucks, they're not completely fresh. They're not they're not green. They they so some of these men are already right. They've been here. They've been all here. It, all it is right is that you got uh you have like a tomato plant oh there in the in the yard and it give you a couple it give you a, it give you some offshoots right you no know, spring spring is a few months away so it, it give you a couple of little buds and you see the buds and say oh boy we got some tomatoes coming and then when you know they start to bloom you get like two or three of them that may turn red fast but then all the rest of them you go wait on them you go hope that you know they're gonna actually grow and develop and be something that work picking that that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now you said they, they got a they got a couple they got a couple sun right tomatoes on the vine however the majority of that vine no got to mature on the other side we got we got the we got the horses for the course they've already that's done all right. it that's all right that's so, all right and that's all right, because because and, and to be honest, even even though we call those names in terms of the players, yes, still give Bruce Arians his respect. But in terms of the players, the two main ones I was thinking about in this regard are Tom on the offense and JPP on the defense. In terms of the championship, that 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 championship um caliber, that championship DNA, essentially, those are the two because I feel like those are the ones that have the mindset. And Jason Pierre-Paul has been having an amazing offseason, right? That's why I'm putting it there. I mean, yeah, Gronk and LaShawn and Shady have their rings, but they have really been doing much in the offseason. I'm talking about these two players who have been impacting the team. So when it comes down to it, I feel like they can be leaders. I get what you're saying completely, but I have enough faith in them to be leaders on either side of, of, of this team, on the offense and defense. I don't care what you say, I'm taking the bucks, sticking with the bucks. Well, you do that, sir. <laughs> this will meant for an entertaining conversation when we recap the Super Bowl next week. One of us had to be wrong. One of us got to be wrong. Yeah, I think this is the first <laughs> thing that we have come down so heavily on on both sides, on opposite sides of the coin. So it will meant for an interesting conversation when we re when we recap what happened in the big game next week. So I think this is a good spot that we can end it for this week. Um we spent an hour talking about what happened with these quarterbacks in the NFL, and then we finished up previewing the big game. I believe that this is going to make for a great game, regardless of who wins. It's going to be a, a, a fantastic spectacle to watch. It will not be like the Patriots beating again, beating the Rams because that was the snooze fest. And I, I just sat there and watched that game and said, look at God, because the Rams had no right there in the first place. This has been go. the Green Beach podcast. <laughs> this has been the Green Beach podcast. That that is AJ. This is Ken. Like, subscribe, give us some follow, give us some feedback. Tell us, tell a friend. We will see you next week. 